Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. Hello and welcome to the First and Fifteen podcast, Southern Region Coverage. My name is Jay Ballamy and I'm joined by our regular panellist, Lewis Phillips. Hello there. Gareth Price. Hello. Ryan Homelone McEveney. How are we doing? And Luke Warm Champion. What's up, guys? Fellas, how are we doing? Uh, Luke, Lewis, I believe you two have actually met in real life now, uh, breaking the fourth wall slightly. Yeah, first time. Big Bowl, Big Bowl Blues still. What are we, two weeks after it now? I've still got Big Bowl Blues. I want to go back. Oh, man. It was, I mean, meeting D. Lewis in person, mate, that, I can tell you that's an experience. And I'm sure everyone else in the flag community felt the same way I did. I mean, he just swaggered on over with his crown. If you've seen it, go on Facebook. If you've not seen the picture on Facebook, you should see this guy's hat. It's awesome. Not Big everybody gets the, the cowboy hat and shades. Look. That is, uh, that's only I, for when the temperature reaches over 30 degrees. Oh, I'm, I find that thoroughly hard to believe. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, you were coming on over, man, and I won't lie, I was, in, I was intimidated as hell, you know. I was, uh, I, well, yeah, I I wanted to I wanted to put the pressure up on you when you were playing that mass flag game and uh, they were sort of knocking on the door. I was like, I see you, Luke. You got this guy, Luke. You got it, Luke. Pick I six time, Luke. If and then two... we... <laughs> I know where this is going, so I can't stop myself. Come on, finish it. Finish and then it. you went and then you went and missed the flag, grabbed nothing but shorts, held on, contact penalty. I think the guy still stretched and scored a touchdown. So you let me down, Luke. Oh, I mean, Lewis, if there's two things I do well in flag football, it's uh, it's getting injured and letting fans down. So <laughs> you, you got the full experience. Don't worry about that. But I believe that was one of my favourite games of flag ever. In fact, my favourite game ever. I was really like, really pleased to come away with the win there. I think that was quite a, a tantalising one. I remember there being a big crowd for that, eh? Uh, it was a very good big That was one that I think a lot of people saw and were like, oh, hello, we've got a cheeky little uh, good game here in the, in the quarterfinals of all time. I think it was a quarterfinal. Big yeah. game for a quarterfinal. Uh, does anyone have, um, for, for, the, for the listeners out there, does anyone have eyes on Tim Ockenden, the referee? Because I think he ne- had needed a security detail to get out of Germany <laughs> alive because Mass Flag were not happy with him. <laughs> I mean, I've never been called a pussy by another player. Um, that, that was a first. And then, like, I mean, you can actually see they basically, like, trash talk their way through the whole game, which I don't know about you guys, but it's so much more fun when people trash talk to you. Like, you can get really hyped up. We played Waldorf afterwards, and, like, they, they're just, like, a, you know, a lovely bunch of lads. So, like, your, your energy levels go down. I mean, this, this is perhaps a philosophical question, but is it better when people talk shit at you, or is it worse, you know? Well, I mean, Home Alone can attest to this, but I am famously poor at trash talking um, <laughs> to the point where in a contact game, someone tried to uh, tried to strangle me and I turned around very calmly and called them a penis and <laughs> walked away. So, um, yeah, it's, I can't really I can't really level with you there, Luke. It's not really my thing. I, I can imagine Gareth runs his mouth quite a lot, though. Oh, well. <laughs> I feel like if you can like shit talk, then you probably like will. But if you've got no like talk, then there's no point even even trying. Do we need to do a do we need to do a show that is purely about trash talk and we'll just get all our best trash talkers on? Get judo on. Uh, who else do you recommend? <laughs> Let well, I reckon Luke's pretty good at it. <laughs> no, you see, I'm I'm I I in, if I'm feeling like really relaxed, yeah, and yeah, I'm a, I'm a great tick shit talker. But like in those big games, not really. It's actually I like people talking shit at me and me being able to respond, but I don't really like initiating it. Um, you know, it's just something to work on. But again, you know, I've seen, have you guys seen some videos of Jalen Ramsey talking about this sort of stuff? Well, oh, Jalen yeah. Ramsey in, in high school used to find out who his receiver, who the receiver he would be going up against and find out their girlfriend's name and DM them on Instagram. <laughs> That's the level of talk that Jalen Ramsey was giving out. Like he'd be, he'd be reading their phone number back to them as they were lining up. It's like that. Like well, I think he, that's the level you need to be at. Do you remember the fight you got in with, with I think AJ Green? Yeah, um, basically like yeah, and all he did he called him weak and soft the entire game, which I think in flag doesn't really work because you don't hit each other. But I might give it a go sometime and just start calling someone weak and soft. But that's it's a bit homoerotic, really, isn't it? If we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, I've, I've diverged the conversation away from the Division One Southwest already. Um, Gareth, home alone. You guys okay? All good. Yeah, very good. Not bad, thank you. 
Good stuff. Good stuff. Cool. Um, just for our listeners' benefit, then, just to timestamp it ever so slightly, there are no Premiership games this week um, as they have a little hiatus. So we're going to just be covering some of our favourite games from the Division 1 cross-conference games. Um, we're going to start with the Salisbury fixtures. Uh, and Home Alone, you're going to take us through these predominantly. Because we don't have as many fixtures, though, everybody's going to be predicting. So uh, let's start with Swansea Flash. Home Alone, let's have your prediction first. Yeah, so um, I think the Flash have obviously set the league on fire coming in. Um, they're 7-0 right now. Um, Swansea, I believe, are in sixth place. So on the makings of things, it might not be as close a game. But having seen Swansea, um, I know that they're actually playing very well this year. Um, have been not necessarily unlucky in games, but in a number of close games. So I think this would definitely be one to watch um, at that game day. Um, I have the Flash winning 33-20, to but... I think this will be closer than maybe the scoreline suggests. Uh, Lewis, I'll kick it to you. So, uh, you kick it to me just as I actually start rubbing out the original prediction that I had. <laughs> I'm, um, glad, I'm glad you finished that with something else. Rubbing, <laughs> rubbing what? <laughs> rubbing out the prediction that I did have because I am uh, I'm pretty confident uh, this is just rumour mill, um, but I'm pretty sure that at this stage in the year... Uh, Harley Labbert returns. Alex Thomas returned to the Swansea camp for the first time at the last game day. He did, he did. Um, so, and had a, had a very impressive showing. Ash was very much uh, pleased to have him back by the looks of things. Um, so this could be the first time that we actually say see a fully armed and operational Swansea Hammerheads offence. So this could be a really interesting game. Um, I still think the Flash will win it. Um, but I think, like Comelon said, I think it'll be it'll be close right down to the right down to the wire. I I'm not sure if I'm not. I'm, here's here's your motivational part, Swansea. This is what you can take away from it. I don't think the Swansea defense is up to scratch against the Flash offense, but I think the Swansea offense is more than capable of putting points up against the Flash, and I've got a score of forty-eight thirty-five. Wow. Okay. Very high scoring. All right, Gareth. We'll come to you. Um, yeah, so obviously Swansea were my were my pick for that division at the start of the year. Um, they, when I've seen them play, they they certainly look like an offense that can put up a ton of points, and and they look pretty good defensively. Contrastingly, I was a bit of a downer on the Flash at the start of the season, but now that's completely switched around, and you know the Flash, they're what seven and zero. They're conceding something like twelve points a game. Um, I can't see Swansea beating them. I've I've got the Flash winning this forty to twenty eight. Okay, and then Luke, you'd last. Yeah, this is always I, I I hate calling these games. Truth be told, um, I feel like I should be given amnesty here because I have to choose between you know podcast integrity, um, or backing my boys. But thankfully, um, in this in this game, I'm I'm feeling like a lot of other people in the room for me. Uh, I think it's going to be a 34-20 flash win. Uh, I know absolutely nothing about the Hammerheads, so there's very little justifying that other than the fact I've looked at the league table and just made a guess. So there you go, guys. If that's your motivation, Swansea, use it. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I'm not going to make a because um, I'm completely unprepared for tonight's show. I'm not going to make a, a points estimation on this one. But what I would say is. I think Swansea's key to this game really is being able to go score for score with the flash. I think I tend to agree with what you said there, Lewis, yeah. in that the defence, although very, very good in personnel terms, hasn't as been as stingy as, as potentially as potent as their offence has been. So the key for winning the game for me is staying staying within the score. If they've got yeah. Harley back, then that is an incredibly scary um, first four or five players that Swansea have on offense. So um, if they can go score for score, I can see Swansea having it, but I would probably lean towards the Flash. Yeah, I agree. You, Flash's offense, I think, is 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 where their strength lies, and I think you've got to be able to slow them down uh, at at some point, and that's where I think Swansea will stumble. As have many. As have many, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean that flash, that flash offense is just very automatic, isn't it? Brian does a really good job of uh, of leading that team. Cool. Well, uh, we'll move on to our next fixture then in Salisbury, uh, Swansea versus Devils, home alone. Talk us through it. So to be fair, I think we can probably say um, a lot of similar things um, that we said for the Flash um, Hammerheads game for the Devils Hammerheads. Um, 
for those of you who don't know, last year um, the Devils and the Hammerheads played in a friendly and the Hammerheads did come out on top. Um, but I, I think the Devils are playing really, really good football right now. We've just come off um, 100 burger um, in our very last game day. Um, so I think this is another one that's definitely worth circling um, for the Salisbury game day. Um, I Settle, Pomelon. Settle. I like it. Oh, yeah, you got to check that balls. out there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Why else would I come on here every every week and do this? Um, so I've got the Devils winning 40 to 13. Um, I think we'll go um, a score better either way than the Flash did. Okay, cool. Uh, Luke, we'll come to you. Yeah, I mean, based on what everyone just said, I've adjusted my numbers. I don't know if you guys do that. I scribble these out and change them like three times for every game. Do you, um, do you, do you, rub, do you rub them out? Yeah, <laughs> rubs, uh, Lewis rubs one out, are you right? Everything's written in pencil. Everything's I, I, I learned I learned from the press guy, so I'm always rubbing things out whilst I'm on this podcast. But, um, <laughs> Different type I, of tip X. But anyway. <laughs> well, excuse me, excuse me, Devils Hammerheads. Let me just regain my professional composure. Um, Family show, everybody. <laughs> I'm not sure it is at this point. I've already said the word penis on it. <laughs> We're gonna get some like oh, PG boys. <laughs> Who's, who's the fella from? Is it Will from in between us? I, honestly, like, I think if he was to trash talk in a flag game, I think he'd turn around and call someone a penis. It's to that level. It really is. Um, me, and, but... me and Will from the in between us get a lot of comparisons, it has to be said. <laughs> and it's slightly worrying me now. But, um, but anyway, Swansea Devils. Sorry, Swansea Devils. So I've got the Devils winning this one, 40-27. I've upped the, the hammerhead score here, noting they've got some some weapons back on offence. Good luck to them. I know the Devils are absolute machines on offence as well. So slightly higher score than the Flash. But again, as, as was said by um, our other podcaster, I, I agree with the statement. I think this is just going to be a higher scoring game than Flash Swansea. But a lot of what you could have said for Flash, you can say for the Devils. Uh, Gareth, let's come to you next. Um, well, being as unprepared as ever, I, I'm still trying to come up with a bold prediction. So I've, I've decided to have a, a bit of a fallback here. And I'm going to predict that this is going to be another game where 100 points are scored. Um, not just not just by the Devils, unfortunately. But uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Devils beating Swansea 60-40. to 40. Wow, 60-40. to 40. Are there wow. turnovers in that score for you? Any what, sorry? Are there turnovers in that score for you? I think probably, yeah. Okay. I think there's going to have to be a few. For a <laughs> I've asked you... Gareth a question and he's gone, yes. And that's all I've got from him. You've got to learn with Gareth. Right? You've, got to, you've got to give him certain questions that he can't, that are not just yes or no. It's a bit like talking to Bill Belichick at times. <laughs> he's just disinterested in what I've asked him. Straight you... out the blocks. And I, you... need, I need to get more technical. Uh, you almost ruined my bold prediction there, Gareth. I was about to have some serious beef with you, but I think we've just about saved it. There's a little bit too much, too much between the two, but we're gonna have to go this way. So, if anyone else has got one of those their bold predictions, I said it first, a dibs. So you guys got to start writing. <laughs> Fortunately, I wrote down two because I'm pretty sure I had the same thing in mind. <laughs> Is it because you're gonna rub one out? It's because none of us are original. <laughs> um, Lewis. Let's come to you for Swansea Devils. So I think this is going to be a bit of a, a repeat nightmare for Swansea. I, I think, um, you know, Flash and the Devils, with the Devils being, uh, obviously they had their, some missing bodies in the first game, but ever since have been pretty on fire. Um, so I think for Swansea, it's going to be like, hang on, what the hell, this, this is all, all, all over again. You know, it's going to be the same thing having gone just from the Flash. Um, so again, I think uh, I think I see the Devils putting up a bit of a score, not 100 points. Sorry, Home Alone. Um, uh, and I think they might um, have a bit more trouble against uh, a Devils defense, which is also I think very good and probably marginally better than the Flash's defense with all their um, pieces on offense. Um, so I've got the Devils winning this one, 45 to 30. Wow, I think Swansea okay. will still be able to put some points up, but um, I think they'll find it a little more difficult. So, and th- and this is not meant to sound really disrespectful to Swansea. I think, in my mind, the Devils' defense is better than the Flash's defense, and I yeah. think I-, I think that Swansea will actually struggle to move the ball on the Devils um, unless they choose to be very very considered about it. I uh, granted they're going to have every single weapon they could possibly have at their disposal. This weekend, I still think that that unit from the Devils is going to be really, really tough to get past. 
Um, but yeah, I think I agree. Devils win the here. I'll, I'll say I'll say on on behalf of the Flashes um, defense. You know, we took um, two of the guys to to Big Bowl who are on that defense, um, Mooney and, and Fred, and they're they're fantastic. So I, I I I'd be interested to see. I've not ever met the Reading Devils, not seen them play, but I'd be very interested to see those. Those are two very good defenses in that case. So I'll be interested to see what the final score is, and then compare what how the defense has performed on the day. Absolutely, Sorry, throwing the challenge flag down on that one. <laughs> That's motivation for both teams there. It could just be that, like, I mean, London Smoke and Flash, both outfits are just better known for their offences, I think. Like, their offence carries the team rather than the defence. And I think perhaps, yeah, perhaps defences don't get enough credit. Um, I think since you guys met TB12, our our budget Brady, um, (laughs) you guys, you guys just got a warped opinion. You've been sucked into the fandom. It's like when people watch the Buccaneers, all they talk about is Gronk, Brady. Where's all the love for the defence, you know? Oh man, it was the backwards hat that did it for me. He just looked like prime Ash Ketchum out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for him to hear this. But I'd like, I like it noted that none of us have referenced that he's old yet, which is a, a win for the podcast, I believe, because we tend to do that for older players, right? Well, only about Neil Henderson, I think. Yeah, there you it get is. that one in every week. Check it off. <laughs> Neil who? <laughs> Glad we got that in there. Cool. Um, final fixture that we were going to touch on for the Salisbury game then, lads. So, Solent versus Waveney. Home Alone, talk us through it. So, for those who watch the Urinating Tree um, on YouTube, you would be seeing... <laughs> What's an intro? <laughs> tanks flying, the explosion's going right now. Um, we have two bottom of the uh, league currently going up against each other, which always is there to create some drama. Um I think any time you see teams sort of at and around the same level, maybe lack of better words, um, going against each other, it's always going to be um, an interesting game to watch. Um, I personally feel that Waveney have got the better athletes. Um, I'll sort of stand by saying they don't necessarily have the most adjusted playbooks for sort of the adult game, but I think they'll be able to run out sort of clear winners in this one. Um, I've got them winning 38 to 18 against the Red Storm. Wow, okay. 38. And I'm going to try and throw to some stats here. Is 38 the most points they would have scored all season? Presumably it would have been. Anybody, anybody know uh, off the top of their I, head? Or should I, like, uh, off, Lewis? Lewis, do you want to uh, look it up for me? Not off the top of your head, but I am um, pretty much saying, was, it, was this Waveney getting 38? Waveney, yeah. Waveney, Waveney. to get 38. Uh, Waveney they, no, they, they, they beat, yeah. They scored 44 against Chichester Sharks B. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. They Fair scored enough. 33 against the Renegades as well. So it's well within their range, I feel. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Cool. Let me kick it over to Gareth for then for the second take. Well, I I completely agree with everything uh, Home Alone has just said. Um, but I am going to go out on a limb and I'm going to predict a 26 24 win. For the Red Storm, um, Southampton born and bred, and it's about time they won a game. <laughs> and I think that a four and a half hour drive for Waveney might mean that they don't have all of their players. So perhaps this is the best opportunity for Solent to turn them over. Good take. I enjoy that. Uh, Lewis, let's come to you next. So that is a good point that I hadn't necessarily considered, um, but uh, assuming that um, Waveney come with the similar squad that we saw when we played them at Reading, they um, they they made some really good plays. They've got some really um, impressive players. One in particular that I meant to give a shout out at that for that game day when we did that was Alistair. I think it was Alistair Munro. Not uh, not the tallest chap on the team, but boy, that guy's got some speed. Um, he, he really can play sideline to sideline. He was really impressive. Didn't catch the name of the the slightly taller blonde haired chap um, who made some really impressive sideline catches um, so they've got players and, and you know they'll they'll work themselves out so I think Waveney can take this one and I've got them winning 34-25 and Luke I'm going to come to you next I don't think there's much uh, to be gained from putting a bet on who you're going to pick in this game Come on, oh, I, I mean, mm. listeners, you'll have heard me breathing really loud. And obviously I'm going with my guys, but I'm keeping this one epic. It's going to be a slim win. It's going to... And I think this is going to be an epic clash, guys. I think Solon, obviously, are going to come out on top here. 25-24 in one of the most exciting games this year. Let's see it, Solon. Go get it, baby. 
Luke, is this your game of the week? Now, this isn't my game of the week. This is my game of the decade. My game of the century. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just to add my tidbit onto the end of that, I, I think I I really, really do. And I love Waveney, but I really want Redstorm to win this because they so deserve a win. Um, and it's their home it's their home field. Like Gareth said, it's a four hour trip for Waveney. The stars are aligning, lads. Let's let's put one out there. Justice for Johnny, man. Justice for Redstorm. They're going to do it this week. I tell you, man. I tell you, this is this is the week. This is the week we can feel it. We can feel it. There's something in the air, man. There's something in the air. I think I saw Redstorm in the services on the way back from Swansea last time out. Uh, I can't remember what was said to me, but all I had was a closing statement: was make sure you mention that on the podcast. So you just <laughs> you just know this has hyped them up like as much as it possibly could have done. Um, now we got we got you, Redstorm. We think we think this is a dub for you. I think. Cool. Um, we've gone through the uh, first three fixtures fairly quickly, so we're going to do something different, listeners. Uh, and I'm going to ask a flagosophical question to everybody on the short week. And, we have uh, not been and... prepped for this either, by the way. No, I've not. <laughs> there I've there not, needs I've... to be some music. You know, like on the radio when you enter a new segment, there's like a bit of elevator music. I feel like we need perfect. a jingle. Flagosophical questions this week for the guys. You know, something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you've just made me sound like I'm on Radio 4 now. <laughs> And 10 p.m. Anyway, um, <laughs> flagosophical question. So, uh, Gareth, we've we've sort of we sort of pushed this one backwards and forwards on uh, on occasion. So it'll be good to see what everybody else thinks of this. But I'll come to you first with this: quarterback or wide receiver, who makes the biggest difference on an offense? Oh, I, I suppose you want more than the one-word answer as well. <laughs> well, that's why I come to you first, so you can't get away with just going whatever the answer is and then just moving on. Uh, just say uh, the former, uh, Gareth. Keep it simple. I would, I would say that if you if you don't have a quarterback, there is not a lot you can do, particularly if you're playing a reasonable flag football team. Even even if you've got somebody like Shorty, there's only so much you can do with him against a flag football team that know what they're doing. Hey, um, hey. Exeter Falcons are currently top of the Southwest without a quarterback. Thank you very much. Well, that. <laughs> I sorry, that took me a minute because I was like, "That's you." That's the self you. burn. Yeah, that's a self burn. <laughs> I think we'd have to disagree, but all right. <laughs> Thanks. That, so, so that, you're saying you're you're leaning towards quarterback then? I, I'm leaning towards quarterback. I think I think thinking more about it, there are occasional exceptions to the rule. Um, if you have a, a receiver that is so dynamic and has the ability to play quarterback and run with the ball as well, then you've got something very special that you, you could argue maybe that sort of receiver is is the best kind of player to have. But no, I would say quarterback is more important because without one, you're not going anywhere. Home alone, what do you think? So I think when we discussed this initially, I was kind of wanting to make a case that receivers do have a very big impact in on this. Um, But having then lived this very question out in week one against the Flash, um, I'll say quarterback 100% of the time, every time. um, We very much struggled to move the ball that day. Um, We just lacked that sort of, the one final one percent in terms of being clinical and converting on drives that you just don't get without a very good and very efficient quarterback. So you can have all the receivers in the world, but if you can't put the ball in their hands, then you end up only scoring six points in a flag game day, or in one game at least. Luke, I mean, it's, it's I. <laughs> If it's philosophical, right, and I'm putting my kind of like Socrates beard on and stuff, I mean, yeah. for me, I, I, I don't like the question. It's just a shit. Like, yeah, I mean, if we're getting philosophical, it feels like early days, you know, early in the in the book, The Republic by Plato. You know, we're doing basic stuff here. Um, well, I'm hoping this might become a segment, so I want to leave myself some room to go. Yeah, well, let's let's just let's 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 have a little bit of a chat before the show next time and see if we can work on the quality. But... 
<laughs> I think, I mean, for me, I think every, it, it, you can't, comparing positions, I think, is, is, is a really dangerous game. Because um, I've played in, having played in, in the games that I have, I have different, different moments, you need different positions to, to ball out, basically. Um, I think at the really top level in some of the most tough games I've played, you, you'd hated to have turned up with people who couldn't play on defense because it takes one stop in some of those games and that's it. That, that'll decide your winner pretty much. Um, there are moments where you need an absolutely top tier receiver because you've got barely any time on the clock and need to sling it for a go round. If you've got no one speedy, you're screwed. And so I think it's so situational. And I also think there's a kind of, you know, perhaps you, I know your question is just about the games, but I also think in, you know, the sport that we play and flag, everyone needs to bring something. So if you're very active in producing a playbook or drumming up, you know, excitement for your next game and getting all your team to come. And we obviously talk a lot about, you know, availability being the best ability and we go because our mates are going. So if you've got people on your team who are really hyped up and into this, it lifts everyone. So I think there's just so many different components that it's, it's very hard to say this position is more important than that position. Um, but to, to give the question, even though I don't like it, an answer, I think I think the NFL might have decided this one for us. And obviously, they seem to weight things more in favour of the quarterback. And I, I get the logic that it's you can have the best receivers ever, but if your quarterback can't throw up more than 10 yards, you, you're screwed anyway. So, you know, there's an argument to say there. But for me, really, I think it's, it's more how do you do in your own field? And if you're getting into flag, you know, pick your position and get good at it and don't worry about, you know, who's better in where and all that sort of stuff. As a corner then... Would you rather face an average quarterback with an elite receiver or an elite quarterback with an average receiver? Um, I would rather play. Uh, yeah, this is that's a good way of flipping it. I like that. That's a really good philosophical question. There you go. Um, for me, I'd say that you want you want to play the elite receiver one because you kind of learn a lot when you play those guys, but also because. When you've got a quarterback that struggles more, they tend to have to loft the ball in the air, which gives you a chance to make a play on it. They also struggle a bit more with the blitz, which can make a huge difference. I've got a bit of an echo, by the way, guys. I don't know where that's coming from. But um, yeah, so I'd say if you're flipping it from that, saying as a corner, I'd rather play the average quarterback and the elite receiver than I would play the elite quarterback and the average receiver. Lewis, I haven't come to you yet on this. What do you think? I'm I'm in a similar camp to Luke. Um, I don't like the question either. Um, But... I mean, because I, I... That was, that's not the point. Because <laughs> I think um, I think ultimately, what's mo- what's most important is that you've got the right scheme to fit the right personnel, um, and it's, it's difficult because I think um, my my gut tells me that the receiver is more important than the quarterback, which might sound strange coming from a quarterback. But I mean, as we've as we've previously discovered I don't really rate myself as a quarterback but I have I've built myself an offensive scheme that allows me to not be the focal point of it and not have to do too much and I don't have to necessarily air it out and you know thread the needle or be super accurate or anything and I can kind of rely on my pieces around me um you know, doing all doing all the hard work and getting all, all the yards and keeping drives alive and all that stuff. So my gut tells me that my answer should be the receiver is more important than the quarterback based on me not rating myself. But we've also seen teams in our divisions across the country at tournaments that don't necessarily have a good quarterback, but they do have some really good receivers um, and they struggle. And like we've we've talked about it on on this podcast in the past about oh you know they they got some really good pieces they just need a quarterback to finish it off and they'd be really great, um, but I think what that comes down to is well perhaps that if, the, if you can only you know you, you work with the pieces you've got and you can't just go on forever going oh, well you know we'll be really great one day once we once we recruit that quarterback no if you, if you don't have the scheme to fit the people the personnel you've got then you're always going to struggle. So um, I would say yeah, from personal experience, receiver, but um, scheme is king. Yeah, and I and I tend to sit in that camp as well, Lewis, which is interesting because we both play quarterback. I think if you've got a good scheme and there are plenty of receivers out there that can write a decent scheme for the offense that they're in and all that suits that their particular skill set. I know JT wrote the offense for the Devils, for example. I think 
you are capable as a you know if 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 someone is willing to write a scheme around the quarterback's limitations to say they don't have an arm for whatever reason but they can game manage but you've got an elite receiver i think that that makes a much bigger impact to a team on a flag game than it would do to have a mm. A, a quarterback that can put a ball anywhere he likes, but receivers that simply can't even get into the spot that they need to be in. Yeah. Um, to play devil's advocate, you are both of you are talking about yourselves as quarterbacks who create schemes and are both. I I, I will. I think you're more than this, but let, let's say serviceable. Yeah. And if if you don't have a serviceable quarterback, isn't it irrelevant? how good your receivers are. Yeah, and I guess the question really is, if you came to a game day, what would you rather have, a 1 out of 10 quarterback and a 10 out of 10 receiver, or a 10 out of 10 quarterback and a 1 out of 10 set of receivers? We For example, not... give, give me the Sharks offence. Yeah, that's, that's and a, you know, simply quite a very good example, is if I put you know just a, a layman in the Sharks QB, but you have Shorty, Will, Kate, Corey, Vin at your disposal to do pretty much anything schematically you want to do, could you score 30 points against a Div 1 team? I'm not sure I could. So you've got like, it, there's, there's, a, there's a sort of threshold, isn't there, for if you have a quarterback who can do some things, then you have the, you have the luxury of then you've got great receivers and things will happen. But if you don't have that quarterback who can make the simple throws and the simple reads, it's irrelevant how good your receivers are. You have to resort to a, a running game. And unless you've got someone like Shorty, a running game isn't going to get you far, as, as, we, as we've seen from a couple of teams in Div 1 this year. But I'm sort of classing Shorty as a, in a flag sense as like a 10 out of 10 player. Mm. So does that make more of a difference because you just simply give him the ball in, and you get five Div, yards? In Div 1, I'd say yes. In the Prem, I'd say no. Yeah, okay. And then flipping it on its head, Luke, and you'll know more about this. If you if I gave Charlie just a bunch of people off the street, do you think he could score 30 points in Div 1? Uh, in, uh, I've, I've not seen any Div 1 game. I mean, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, say, that, I'll say that we played um, Waldorf at Sport Munda. Um, and unfortunately, their quarterback wasn't able to go to the tournament. And so they were using their backup quarterback, who was still good, but we beat them. Uh, and then we played each other at Big Bowl and they beat us with their with their starting quarterback. And that, that kind of tells me what I need to know. The receivers were the same. They're, they're of a very high standard. They've got some guys with like serious height. They've got guys they run in different ways. That they're, they're, they're a very clever offense. I think they were very interesting to play. Lots of crossing routes that were very smart. Um, and, and the difference maker was the quarterback. So... Um, yeah, for, for, for me, I, I mean, I've, I've seen Charlie play and there's, there's, there's different elements to being a quarterback, right? There's being able to sling it, but, you know, Ch- Charlie is, is, is also like a brilliant mind on top of the athleticism, the fastballs, the, the, the vision, all that sort of stuff. I mean, the decision-making he makes is, is, is brilliant, right? So Absolutely. again, it yeah. depends what we're talking about when we say a 10 out of 10 quarterback. Is that like maxed out on decision-making and ability and arm talent and so on and so forth? So I, I mean, I genuinely think that, yeah, Charlie could take a, a bunch of pretty average guys and put up a lot of points just by himself, but he, he's also got the ability to run, to shift um, and all of that. So yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I find the question a little bit weird because I think that we're comparing things that are quite fundamentally different but if we're talking about what would we rather bring on a game day i mean you you just don't want to bring uh i think you want to bring a five out of five quarterback and a five out of five receiver than you do want to bring a 10 out of 10 and then a one as well um but yeah you know for me yeah i do think you could do well and i think i think you know with that ability to run ability to throw and ability to to do that intellectual side of the game so well yeah i think he would put up some serious points even with a bunch of guys Charlie has a higher demand for excellence than most quarterbacks in flag football. He, oh, he, does. he does. I would love but... to give Charlie a bunch of average Joes and just watch him fly off the handle. <laughs> he does, but I think that's part of being a quarterback to a to a degree. It's to, it, uh, part of being quarterback is being a quarterback is is having leadership. And from what I can see, if, and I've never played with Charlie, but I've played against him, so I vaguely know how he's how he operates. I think that demanding nature that he has to lead people into certain situations and to will them to do the best that they can do is the most is the thing that makes him the most excellent. Oh, it's, so it's one of the that, reasons the smoke is so good. 
that extends yeah. off the field as well because when whilst injured, uh, Luke was put in charge of the of the clock for one of their games and messed it up and started the clock too late. <laughs> and the look of genuine terror in his face, he was just like, I need to go find out what the, what the real time is, otherwise Charlie's gonna kill me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. There's, there's, there's definitely, uh, there's, there's, there's fear, and then there's sort of being. You can lead by fear or example, right? And I think he does, he does both pretty well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say though, I think the bit that you guys don't see is our, is our training sessions, right? And at those, you know, I, I mean, we'll, we'll do, you know, to warm up and stuff like that. Lots of routes, so I'll catch, you know, plenty of balls from Charlie whilst we're doing that, and you know, so will the other guys. So this, this, I, I think for me, like I've seen him throw to anyone, and he puts it right where in that window where it should be. Um, and but he seems to have this brilliant ability to know that even if you're, you know, I'm, I'm not a great receiver. I don't have great hands. If I'm still in the wrong place where he knows that I can be, he'll tell me where I should be. He won't tell me where he thinks someone who's faster or better than me should be. He'll tell me where he thinks I should be. So I'd say he has got that kind of ability to flex. But obviously with his like starting guys i'm sure it's the same same as you other quarterbacks out there you're you're looking for the best you're looking to run it the way that you've practiced it together the way that you want it to be so i think i think he does have have both kind of elements of that interesting well, i'll wrap up the conversation there but it's it generally feels like the two quarterbacks are the same receiver and the non quarterbacks <laughs> the same quarterback <laughs> just an interesting uh, interesting thing for you there listeners it's just um, a love love relationship between the two positions that's all i'm seeing it, let well, us know. Let us know your thoughts in the us. comment section. Yeah, do let, send send uh, send Lewis a message. On... No, 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 no. Let us know in the comment section. Let us send know Lewis in the comment section. And whilst you're at it, debate. whilst you're at it, let him know how you, what you think of his refereeing. Um, yeah, he'll really appreciate that. Can we not give? Can we not give like the what our favourite comment? Uh, free subscription to Home Alone's OnlyFans as well. I think <laughs> we can. Yeah, we can. Absolutely. If if you genuinely make Lewis uh, respond with a with a fantastic comment and, and you make him laugh, you can have a free subscription to Home Alone's OnlyFans, and Lewis will in, indeed rub something out of, of his piece of paper um, <laughs> for you personally live on that on that site. Oh, first the Red Storm game and now a free subscription. I'm getting excited, boys. <laughs> Lots of reasons to be rubbing these days. Lewis, how you're going to edit this? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what's happened to this podcast. We've gone very rogue. Why is it so choppy and like really start stoppy this week? No idea why. <laughs> cool. Let's bring us down to earth, and uh, we'll come out of our flagosophical. But, but genuinely, listeners, let us know if you like that segment. I'd uh, I'd like to see if we want to keep that going. Uh, over to Canesham then, and Lewis, you've picked us out some games that you're interested in. Uh, the first being the Falcons versus the Buckinghamshire Wolves. Yes, I'm very excited, very nervous, slightly anxious about this game. Uh, I think this is going to be two teams that are quite evenly matched and are going going head to head. I'm very excited to play play the Bucks, and uh, yeah, I think when when both teams are playing their best football. Um, I think it could go either way. This could be a team that I think we play them ten times. It'll be pretty, uh, you know, five or six wins either side. You know, it's going to be pretty equal. Um, so I'm excited. And and of course, uh, we had the wonderful Callum Dean um, playing with myself and the lead samurai at Big Bowl. So uh, Callum, who is the star defensive stud, uh, now knows my offense very well after Carl went injured and I spent the second day quarterbacking. Um, so. That was for free, Callum. You're welcome. That's your advantage. Um, yeah, excited, nervous. Uh, I have to back the Falcons. I think it's going to be quite close. It's going to be quite tense. Um, I think it's going to come down to a last-minute um, 26-20 touchdown winner from the Falcons. I think this is going to be one of those games where, um, you know, when, when one team scores, the other team will score. When one team holds, the other team will hold. And it's going to be whoever has the ball last. Luke, we'll come to you next. Yeah, I, I got some. I got some beef in this one now. I'll be honest, guys. <laughs> Lewis, Lewis has been slagging me off all podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, f- f- first, he discusses one of my one of my lower moments of big ball, and then second, he he takes the mick out of my ability to manage a very simple stopwatch. So. <laughs> So I, I'm not buying this this Falcons victory. I think that's that's bullshit. Um, and and uh, I'm feeling very soft about it. So I'm going 27 uh, to the Bucks, 27-20. Guys, it's I never said I was sure. smart. I did say I was vindictive. So there it is. <laughs> Gareth, we're coming for you next. Well, Lord help me. It appears that 
Luke and I are, uh, are very much on the same page with this podcast. Let's um, go, baby. We've, 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 there was one point difference in our prediction of, uh, of the big game, Red Storm Wave Me. And I think it's just a one point difference again. I, I've got the Bucks winning 28 20. Interesting. Hey, Malone, nice. are you going to make it a, a, a three to one against Lewis and his own team prediction? I am, yes. Um, and I'm going to, might be going a little bit lone wolf here, but I don't think it'd be as close as my other co hosts think. Um, having played both teams, um, I, I think the Wolves uh, just have a much higher ceiling, really, than the Falcons do. Um, I know Lewis will probably remind me that they've scored 50 points a couple of times now. Um, <laughs> but I, I think the calibre of player as such on that Bucks Wolves team will really push them over um, in this game. So I've got them winning 34 to 22. Fair enough. And unfortunately, Lewis, I'm going to tend to agree with them. Um, I've got to back my boy Aaron Mann out there playing for the Wolves uh, for sure. Him, but the combo of him and, and Dean on defence... I think it's a Wolves win, and I, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I think that you'll probably tri- you'll probably be very close at halftime, but I think that they've got more in their locker currently this season than the Falcons do. Well, uh, it's it's my turn to be motivated. It's the Falcons' turn to be motivated. I mean, I'd I'd like to change my prediction if that's all right, um, and go. I'm going to say that the Bucks are going to do one more than 34. Now I'm going to say the Bucks are going to put up 35. <laughs> Any particular reason for that, Luke? No, nothing. Nothing comes to mind. Just you know, change my mind, run my numbers out as always. Very good. But yes, absolutely, uh, Lewis. Your your opportunity to be slightly motivated by this podcast. Uh, let's see if it pays off. Someone uh, gets a free motivation every week. Why not the Falcons <laughs> this week? Uh, next game you had on your list then was the Cardiff Bay Coyotes versus the Sharks B team. Yeah, so another interesting matchup. Um, Coyotes seem to be surging at the moment. Um, they've just got they've gone from strength to strength uh, this season. I think they um, finished off game day three with a with a trifecta and uh, come away with their first undefeated day. They are riding high at the minute. Uh, Sharks B. Well, Gareth has alluded to some shenanigans that he refuses to tell us uh, what's going on. That'll be a nice surprise for us on the game on the day, but. With only the the um, the information that we have at hand, which is their previous record, I think Sharks have been perhaps might be fair to say a little bit inconsistent. They've they've had some really good showings, and then they've they've made made a meal of some games that uh, might have been a bit more com- should have been a bit more comfortable. Um, so they might be uh, depends who turns up on the day, or you know how everyone's feeling. Um, but I've got. The Coyotes squeeze in a win, thirty-two twenty-eight. Shenanigans pending. Home alone. Let's uh, let's move over to you. I'm going to finish with Gareth because of the little laughters I keep getting. <laughs> <laughs> so again, without knowing any Chichester shenanigans, um, <laughs> I, I think these two teams are really um, evenly matched. Um, I've got them. The Sharks just about winning twenty-eight to twenty-seven. I, I think. This would be a close game that goes down to the wire. Um, and the Sharks, just usual Sharks, voodoo magic at the end of a game um, will push them over. But yeah, this could really go either way. Luke, let's come to you. Yeah, I've got some wisdom for the listeners, um, which is an old Strap in, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's keep, keep your friends close, you know, keep your enemies close. And I'm making a lot of enemies on this podcast at the moment. Um, so, unfortunately, I'm going to have to give it to the Coyotes here. I think it's going to be a tight game. I've got it going 33-32. I'll level with you. I, I penned this one in ink, and I can't tell if I've written 22 or 32. So, I'm going to say it was a close <laughs> one and go with the higher number and say, unfortunately for me, it's the Coyotes that are going to win this one. Gareth, shall we laugh together? <laughs> sure. Um, well, first of all, I think I think it's a good pick for one of our games of the week. I think this is going to be a really, really close game. Um, I'm obviously going to going to back the Sharks. I think uh, they're going to win it 29-28. Um, but the Coyotes, they've they've been playing really well recently, and and they're certainly, um, you know, at the start of the season, I think we would have marked the Coyotes down as a as a game that we should be winning, and that's that's no longer the case. They've uh, they've shown that they've got something about them this year. Um, and you know, as as someone who who lived in Cardiff for ten years, I'm I'm objectively really happy that they've they've sort of 
come out of that phase of not being able to win a game and, and really well done to them for going 3-0 and in the last game day. Um, we've, got a, we've got a decent squad going um, this week and, you know, shenanigans, well, there may be some, there might not be some, but it's really, <laughs> it's really important as we're going to be playing Exeter in a, later in that game day that, uh, that we just keep Lewis on his toes and, and ruin the rest of his week so he's thinking about what, what the Sharks might be doing. Uh, at the weekend, um, but yeah, this game is going to be a good one. I'm I'm looking forward to watching it from the sidelines. But I think the Sharks will win it with uh, with some voodoo magic at the end. Have a look. It does seem very familiar that the Sharks play mind games, doesn't it? Oh, it seems all too familiar. Like living rent free in all of our heads. Just I don't think you even needed to put the uh, the worry into him, Gareth. He's probably doing it himself anyway. <laughs> Why, oh, yeah. why on earth did I put this game on the weekend that the Sharks have a bye week? <laughs> yeah. I uh, I do tend to agree with you, Gareth. I think that this pick as one of the games of the week is is a is a really good one. I think these are two teams that are what we would say growing really nicely out of what would have been uh, years ago probably quite terrible finishes into mm. teams that can genuinely go and compete with some of the better sides in the uh, division. Um, and to see them go up against each other and really try and, and throw hands is going to be really excellent. Um, I don't know what squad's getting brought from a Cardiff point of view because we always seem to pick out Matty Tynan as well as someone who doesn't seem to travel, even though he's been there for every single game day this year. Um, I think that might be the only uh, only hinge point for Cardiff. Other than that, I probably see Cardiff winning this game, if I'm honest, um, cause just because of the run of form they're on. And then finally, Lewis, uh, Kings versus Gators. Yeah, so um, this was uh, a bit of a shocker from um, a neutral perspective, I think, from the last game day. So you're getting your reverse picture, uh, reverse fixture straight away. And I think the Kings are going to be pretty hungry um, to right to wrong from that game day. Um, so I've got the Kings winning this. And I just thought I, I wasn't sure about a score, so I thought I'd put in... Uh, basically the same score but reversed so I think it's time that uh, this time the Kings will win 32-20 Interesting uh, Let's go over to Luke um, I I know absolutely diddly squat about these teams um, I, I love the idea of a, of a team being named the Gators in fact one thing I do know about them is that on League Republic they've both managed to upload and image their team's logo <laughs> And what is that telling you in your critical analysis? It's pretty fucking nerdy. That's what it tells me. I mean, these guys must have gone on and put that in there, which is pretty... I mean, Gareth, you guys haven't done that with Chichester the Sharks. Um, the Falcons have done that, Lewis. So care to explain how you managed to pull that off? <laughs> well, I'm the, league, I'm, I'm the League Republic Administrator, so that helps. Dork. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so of so the devils. Hang on, let's not let Home Alone get away with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. I think you could also copy that over to Home Alone as well as, 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 as throwing the Kings in that category as well. In fairness, I mean the Renegades have got got their one on there, so they can sort of their logo can be next to the spanking that the Devils give them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I lo- I, could I, listeners, I love the fact that Luke just goes after everybody for no reason. <laughs> He just knows he's never going to play anybody in Division 1 and he just dislikes everybody. <laughs> well, actually, if, if anyone wants to hate on me, I'll be at the... I think I am. We, we discussed previously the first and 15. There's a first and 15 tournament this year, right? Yeah, it is, Sheffield, yeah. Yeah, well, I've, I've got the call. I'm going to join the Flash guys for that. So if anyone wants to come beat me up, you'll see me there. I'm fucking ready for you. Come at me. Can't wait for you to get absolutely smacked out in Sheffield for no Yeah, I'm really bad. I'm really bad at fighting. I'm more of a runner. But there you go. Fight or flight on flight every time. But anyhow, anyhow, my prediction for this game, um, I'm going to be going 21-20 to the Gators because I prefer their name. (laughs) Solid logic. Um, Home alone, let's come to you. Yeah, I've got this very close as well. Um, But I think extra points are going to come back to haunt you, Jay. Um, I've got this, the Gators winning 24 to 22. Um, I think they'll just be able to convert a tiny little bit better um, than the Kings are. Um, For what reason, I don't necessarily know, but I know that extra points are just very much a rhythm thing. So if you weren't feeling it maybe as much last game day, how much have you been able to improve that? So that's my thinking behind the uh, 24-22 scoreline. 
fair enough. And then Gareth. Um, I haven't seen either of these teams play yet this year. Um, I'm looking forward to the weekend and getting to see some teams I haven't seen in a while. Uh, I can only really go on the on the last result, so I'm, I'm going to give this to the Gators 34-28. Fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to jump along on Home Alone's analysis there slightly. I think it probably will come down to extra points. And, and like you say, I don't think we're necessarily in a rhythm with that. So on that basis, I'm going to slant to the uh, to the Gators. I know John from the Falcons will uh, will immediately call BS on me there because he always seems to think I predict against myself for some cunning reason. It's simply for the fact that I uh, I do agree with Home Alone there. Fair enough. That wraps up our fixtures predictions for the week. Uh, but just before we finish up, we do have some bold predictions to run through. So... Uh, Gareth, do you want to give us your bold prediction? Uh, I'll go on then. Um, in the Exeter versus Sharks game, Lewis will throw an interception to the Sharks' left safety because that's where I'd be playing. That's where you would be playing or where that's you are where, playing? That's where I would be playing. I mean, okay. Gareth, to call that bold is really just doing yourself a yeah. disservice, isn't it? You knew I threw like that, three interceptions at the last game, right? <laughs> all about the mind game. I, I, I if you if you want mind games, you've got to make it bolder than that. I'm telling you exactly which that is, position you're going to throw the interception. That is, to. mate. I'm going to throw interceptions to everyone on your defense, including the blitzer. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I still think uh, you're lost. Luke, let me come to you for your bold prediction. Oh, I'm I'm just debating between two choices. Right, so during this day, I've got I've got well, gas with sharks. B that ruins my. Okay, now I know what my bold prediction is going to be. Now I'll, I'll hop right into it. So I was going to give the the listeners an insight into our real lives because I think people forget that some people think of us as these kind of immortal characters that are just there to entertain <laughs> them. These kind of <laughs> jesters in the court, right? But that's not that's not how we we live real lives. We're real people, you know, and. You know, previous to this show, I apologised to everyone. We started 10 minutes late because I wanted to eat some dinner, you know. Turns out I am mortal. And obviously, this has led to Lewis resenting me and just digging me out on this podcast all the time because his favourite show apparently is fucking Stranger Things, you know. And apparently, I could have watched, watch. watched an episode of Stranger Things before this. Yeah, exactly. So I'm neither... Took that away from me. <laughs> I'm not... So I'm not put spoilers in the comments, listeners, as well. There you go. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm not interested in, in, in Lewis. I'm not interested in his love for Stranger Things. What I am interested in is what's currently rated the third highest TV series uh, on Netflix, the third most watched at the moment, which is Lucifer. And you guys might start seeing where this is going. I, I, mate, I've got no idea. <laughs> no, <laughs> Lucifer, the principal devil himself, the origin of devils, the fallen angel. Um, they put up a huge performance last time they played. I believe they put up 104 points on the Marauders, the, the spanking I just mentioned 10 minutes ago. I think they're going to potentially deliver another spanking. So I've got them in this one, going for 100 points again against... I've forgotten who I predicted them against. Is it the Marauders again they're playing? <laughs> it was the Renegades previously that they uh, put on. Sorry, the Renegades. The Renegades. So I've got them doing this against the Marauders, in which case, uh, this week. Well, I really, I really ruined my bold prediction there at the end, didn't I, by being so muffling my words and forgetting who I put down here. So, Devil's Marauder. Devil's put up 100 on it. See, there's part of me in my, in my mind that's like, oh, well, that's not very bold because they've just done that. But it's scoring 100 points in a flag game. It's quite a lot of points. It, it is in Salisbury as well, which will help the Marauders. I think it's bold. Why will that help the Marauders? Because they're from Salisbury. Availability. <laughs> well, uh, you, tend to, you, tend, you do tend to get more, more people the, the, available when it's you know a game day that is five-minute walk down the road. I mean, the squad they had in Reading was twice the size of the squad they've had anywhere else this year. <laughs> Yeah, but I'd say Cardiff is nearer to Salisbury than it is to Reading. And they had five people when they turned up to Cardiff. All right, but we'll agree that Salisbury is the nearest to Salisbury. I would say Salisbury <laughs> is the nearest place to Salisbury, yes. The game is actually in Andover, it's not even in Salisbury. Oh, what are we talking about then? This is complete rubbish. I, 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 think, I think Luke's prediction is absolutely bang on then. Yeah. When you say bang on, is that bang on bold enough? Like, is it ballsy enough, or are we missing? Is it missing something? A hundred points I think, is rare. It's yeah, hundred points is pretty ballsy. I'd, I'd say, but I also think go. it could happen. So, 
that's that's my take. It's the, it's the perfect thing then, because we've had this debate before, right? What's the difference between a bold prediction and just a all-out stupid prediction? You know, and we got to ride that line here, guys. We've got to use our minds to come up with something that just hits that sweet spot. You know? Yeah, I'm forever looking for the sweet spot, and I always seem to use our minds. Uh, who's going to do their bold prediction next? Home Alone. Right, so for listeners, we have 18 games being played this week. I have six of those featuring shutouts. So if you want to get percentages, that's 33.33. It's a third. Six games of those 18 will feature a shutout. List them off for us. Oh, I haven't got the schedule near. Oh, <laughs> I'm alone. We keep butchering this, guys. We've got to work on this. It's almost like we need to be prepared. Yeah. Oh. Give you two secs, I'll have it up. That 100-point prediction, the, the Devils got 10 interceptions to make that happen. That is, that is uncommon. I think, I, think there's a, I think there's a world in which that happens again, weirdly. It's this one, guys. That's why I predicted it. Right, here we go. I've got the schedule. Oh, thank God. So Lewis, edit to... back in. So, I have the Devils shutting out Silent Red Storm. Harsh. Um, <laughs> I'll give credit to Luke here um, and say the Devils will shut out Salisbury um, I think the Flash will also shut out Solent Swansea oh, will shut out Waveney <laughs> so that's four or five there I can't remember that's four four right um... can you not count is that part of your bold prediction <laughs> I usually let Excel do my counting um, oh, we really don't sound like people who would find the sweet spot, do we, anymore? No. <laughs> that I one's don't... been evading us for a while, hasn't it? I can't quite put my finger on the other two, but <laughs> there will be six. That's my bold prediction. My bold prediction, before I come to Lewis's, because I know he would love to go last, my bold prediction for the week is the Exeter Falcons won't win a game this weekend. Ooh. Ooh. So I see them... <laughs> Who are they playing? Uh, they are playing, uh, to my uh, to my knowledge, the Buckinghamshire Wolves, which I think will be a good contest, but will fall on the side of uh, the land of Buckinghamshire. And they're playing the Sharks B. Oh, is it, um, is it just the two? Yeah, I believe it's just the two fixtures. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I think, and this was I wrote this down pre Gareth tittering pre show. I think that the Sharks B are going to pull a result out of their ass and beat the Falcons, who at the moment are flying, for no apparent reason, other than the fact that I think it could happen. Mm. Shenanigans I mean, or Sharks Black Magic Voodoo? I think it's more it's more Sharks Voodoo. But the, the sort of shenanigans help. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, well, we'll see what Will Quigley has to say about it. <laughs> it's all mind games, listeners. It's all mind games. Um, I mean, I, I'm not sure it's that bold a prediction, but I think Lewis is an asshole, so I love it. I love, I'm all mine. <laughs> I don't know why uh, I did to hurt you, Luke. You know what you did, Lewis. You know what you did. <laughs> uh, Lewis, let's come to your bold prediction. Okay, right. So... To give a little bit of uh, backstory to my ball prediction, I wanted to do just a bit of um, a bit of stats reel off at this stage in the season. Um, the most points we have seen scored in a game day so far has been the Reading Devils, uh, 159 points across two games, a 79.5 points per game. So, with that in mind, 159 points per game uh, in in a game day. Very impressive for two games. The next the next most after that is Buckinghamshire Wolves with 146 across three game day uh, across three games in a game day. Um, so you go in from a 79.5 points per game drop to 48.6 points per game. Um, with that in mind, I think the Reading Devils will put up a combined 200 points over three games. Wow. Okay, over three over three games. Okay, so what do they have to score per game then? So I think About one of those. Odd. So a, a double a double on a double ball prediction on this is that one of the games they score they they play this week will be another hundred burger. Mm. Wow! So so you're looking at another hundred burger and then sixty odd and a forty odd. 
Yes, we need to average 67 points a game for that to happen. That's Jesus. doable. That's doable and bold. Can, can yeah. I just say that was an absolute... Lewis, you've just completely earned my respect again. I'm so sorry for everything I've said in the last <laughs> 76 minutes. That, that was X. That was, that was supported by facts, numbers, staff. So, I love yeah, it. Brilliant. Un- 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 unconventionally, unconventionally, whilst you guys have not done much, uh, evidently, um, preparation, I had a pretty quiet afternoon this afternoon, so I just put together <laughs> a table uh, of everyone's like strongest week and then ranked it so you know like say reading devils total points in a game day 159 in week three the bottom being solent Redstorm in week three put 12 points together over four games well you may have earned Luke uh, three games back but you've stolen my job as stat man and it's all I have <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, on that, I also combined everything up together as well. So uh, your your table at the moment for points per game um, is uh, Reading Devils, total points 392 over seven games, 56 points per game. London Flash, 294 points, total seven games, 42 points per game. Buckinghamshire Wolves, 41.43 points per game across seven games, 290 total. Swansea Hammerheads, 246 total points across seven games, 35.14 points per game. And rounding out the top five is Kingsham Kings with 273 points total uh, scored across eight games, 34.13 points per game. That's your top five. Very interesting cliff there, isn't there? I mean, it drops off once you get to the Coyotes and you go down. It goes from 235-4 to 134-4. It's very interesting. So Coyotes come in, uh, what's that, five, six, seven, eight, in ninth. So then you've got Gators, 33 points per game. Falcons, 32.75 points per game. Chichester Sharks, 28.1 points per game. Coyotes, 235 points total. Nine games that they've played, though, um, looking at 26 points per game. They are, no, this them, Waveney and Salisbury have all played nine games so far. Then you've got Berkshire Renegades, Waveney Wolves, Salisbury City Marauders, and Solent Redstorm are the only team that are uh, still only on double points, total points, and are averaging 7.8 points per game. So, Gareth, your uh, your comment about me being a serviceable quarterback, I'm a top five offense right now. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is an outrage. This is my job. <laughs> <laughs> I got bored in work. <laughs> Should have taken my premiership by week and left you to it. <laughs> I'm definitely going to use, I think, this week with my mates. I'm definitely just going to pepper in the phrase serviceable to insult them in some way as well. I've not really heard that word before, but it's really cutting, isn't it? It's so cutting. Can you imagine that? You're, you're a serviceable friend. Oh, that's oh, awful. God. Oh, yeah. uh, who I should we put course... in a cornerback this weekend? Oh, Luke is serviceable. <laughs> I'll, I'll have you guys know I'm actually the the most successful smoke quarterback of all time. I know that's the right way to phrase it, but I've got the best statistics. Smoke quarterback, did you say? Yeah, the best. Smoke, oh, I uh... think Charlie might be better than you. <laughs> yeah, no, bold no, take. <laughs> bold predictions here. No, so I mean, I did one drive in uh, the Ironman tournament um, and completed all of my passes and extra points, so a 100% completion rate. Well, this is this is why this is why the NFL this is why the NFL always caveats everything by saying a minimum amount of attempts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, so and come, come back when you've got two hundred throws under your belt. I'm just saying, I just feel serviceable. That's all, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're taking you're taking interesting there. Another philosophical question: as a, as a DB, you feel that serviceable is a good comment when you play quarterback. When you say a good comment, you mean <laughs> if I call if I call someone serviceable, um, I am I am very much insulting them. That is not <laughs> that is not something I say to someone who I think is good at the quarterback position, which I get is the word, but I mean it sounds like something you're trying to say to someone who's being nice. You know, like maybe I know you're going through a tough time, and you say, "Oh, how was my performance? Do you think?" And I go, "Oh, you know, serviceable." But you sounded happy to say that you were you you done well at the Iron Bowl, and you said, "Oh, you know, I'm at least a serviceable quarterback." You sounded pleased with that. That's true, but that's because I never do it. You know, that, if you can be serviceable with like zero experience and training at the position, that's special. So if you just met, if I had to just say, yeah, it's special. Is, 
It's contextual, just... isn't it? Because if you call me a serviceable quarterback and I am a person who plays quarterback all the time, yeah, I'm going to take that as an insult. But Gareth probably thinks that that's a compliment. <laughs> yeah, this, this isn't even philosophical. This is just obvious now at this point. Gareth, do you think you're a serviceable quarterback? No, absolutely not. <laughs> and and if, if someone were to call you a serviceable quarterback, would you take that as a compliment? Well, yes, because I'm not one. <laughs> but you also think they're a lunatic. <laughs> Well, fellas, I think this has been a serviceable podcast. <laughs> I think, I, 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 I'm not sure I'd go that way. I think I think we've ticked the box of uh, information for the week. We've 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 certifiedly not skipped it like we did a few weeks ago, and uh, we've delivered at minimum expectations. Yes, the best um, ability is availability, right? And we are all available. We definitely turned up, and we definitely recorded something um, this week at least serviceability that's the uh that's, that's how my june's Service. going right now <laughs> i've been jay Lallamy. sorry sorry jay sorry <laughs> that's okay that's, that's just as serviceable as you'd expect no no i just <laughs> I, our two greatest compliments to someone on this podcast is being available and serviceable i <laughs> 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 think how my girlfriend would describe me yeah <laughs> sorry i've jay. been jay Ballamy, uh joined by lewis phillips gath price Ryan, home alone, McKeveney, and Luke Warren, champion. Listeners, have a serviceable day. <laughs> that wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and Fifteen Podcast. Give us a like to keep up with all of our shows. Also, check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customized sportswear supplies. Fucking shambolic, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>